Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your Source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 649 for the 16th of Elul in a regular year. So one of the most fascinating concepts in Hasidus that I remember, you know, first time learning it and every time subsequently hearing about this idea just really blows me away. I think it's really fascinating is the idea of God's withdrawal of his light on Erev Rosh Hashanah, on the eve of Rosh Hashanah. So there's this idea that basically we know as we've learned Hasidus, if you've been learning for a while, that God creates the world something from nothing, not this wasn't a one-time event that happens in the six days of creation and that's it, but rather this is something that's happening continuously at every moment, at every time, all the time. However, there's this one time during the year which is Erev Rosh Hashanah, the eve of Rosh Hashanah, that God, so to speak, withdraws his light from the world. Obviously not completely and not, you know, totally because the world is still around during that time. But on some level, uh, there is a withdrawal of God's light. And this is explained in Hasidus in depth in uh, different places about what's going on during that time, why Hashem withdraws his light. There's actually like an existential crisis, if you could believe it, going on for God where he's kind of deciding so to speak, on some level, if he should keep the world in existence or not, is this a good idea? Did he make the right decision and all of that? And then what ends up happening is that the following day, uh, when we go to Shul and we blow the shofar in Shul, then this blowing of the shofar is actually our call to God, uh, uh, pronouncing God as our king, coronating God. And this is what draws God's light back down into the world that gives the God the okay to bring his light back down into the world, to continue to to create the world. So we see that there's this relationship between us and God that although God is the one that's creating the world, he really uh, decided that he wants to have us to be partners in creation, which is why, just on a side note, uh, that the day that we celebrate Rosh Hashanah is actually not the first day of creation, as many people think, but it's actually the day that man was created, that man and woman were created, because this is when creation really got interesting. This is when the point of creation started, because up until uh, man and woman were created, then creation was very extremely incomplete. And um, and then when God created man and woman, um, the, his reason for creating man and woman was in order to help him finish, complete the creation. So that's our purpose here in this world is to help God complete the creation of the world. 
So now going back to this idea of God's light and God withdrawing his light, uh, another thing to know about this withdrawing of the light is that this back and forth of the withdrawal of the light and then the calling forth of the light during the blowing of the shofar, it's not just like this cyclical thing that happens year after year after year in the same way, but actually the light that gets drawn down after it gets called back down, back by our blowing of the shofar is actually a much higher and stronger light than ever was here before. So the withdrawal is actually for the sake of a much greater revelation to come. We know that this concept comes up a lot in Chassidus, this idea of Yerida or uh, which means the descent for the sake of ascent, that sometimes uh, we have to fall in order to rise back up. There's also the idea of, of light having a lot more prominence when there's darkness. You know, that shows really the mila of a Baal Shuva, the, the greatness of a Baal Shuva, that, that when somebody actually transforms um, themselves, this creates a much more powerful type of light than somebody who just never did anything wrong ever. And it's just, you know, kind of more good in a more simplistic straight way. Uh, so that's what happens here as well is this withdrawal of the light where there becomes this, um, this questioning, so to speak on God's part of should he continue to create the world? Should he not continue to create the world? And that ultimate decision to continue to create the world through our calling forth him uh, through the blowing of the shofar brings down this much greater and this much stronger light. And on a technical level, as we'll learn today, the way that this light becomes manifest in the world is it travels first through the land of Israel. The land of Israel is this interesting place where it's a physical space, but it's kind of like the bridge between the physical and the spiritual worlds. And this is why, as we'll see, there's a connection with the land of Israel and the attribute of Chochmah, which Chochmah is the first of the intellectually based spheros. It's uh, of, often translated as wisdom or intuition. And we know that it's the trait through which God creates the world through all which all of creation comes into being. And so the land of Israel is very much associated with Chochmah uh, in, in several ways. First of all, there's this, um, there's this teaching actually that the land of Israel, the error in the land of Israel actually can make a person wise, can give a person Chochmah. And Chochmah also is connected to the eyes. There's this idea, you know, people have said like the eyes are the window to the soul or something. You know, you look at into somebody's eyes, you can kind of see their wisdom. So this also we see with the land of Israel in the sense that we say that God's eyes are always on the land of Israel. So while, of course, God's eyes are everywhere in the world, not just in the land of Israel, there is something to be said about the land of Israel where God's chokhmah, God's wisdom is a little bit more manifest. So where all of this is bringing us to and the context of what it is that we're going to, that we're talking about here is going to bring us back to this, you know, very popular theme in the Tanya these days, which is the idea of giving staka. So um, today's episode follows yesterday's episode. Today, we're going to con conclude an epistle that we started yesterday. We started epistle 14 yesterday, and we're going to conclude that epistle today. And the, the theme of yesterday's epistle was this idea of how we tend to get really excited about new things, new ideas, new projects, whatever it is. If there's a campaign, a Stucca campaign, everybody rushes to give that first day, the second day, whatever, and then it kind of fizzles out. And we were talking about this idea how uh, we shouldn't really fizzle, let it fizzle out in that way because things we should see the newness in everything and things really are new and, th and the world really is being uh, renewed anew day after day after day. So today's Tanya is really going to bring that point home 
with this concept that we've been talking about so far about this idea about how it is that year after year after year, it's not just the same light that's coming down over and over and over again. It's actually, it actually is a totally new light. Uh, when God's light withdraws um, on Erev Rosh Hashanah, then it brings back in a totally new and a much higher light. So this newness, this excitement that we get over newness, we don't need to not have that anymore. We can actually still remain excited because it is still always new. So that's the topic of today. And so with that being said, let's get into the text. As mentioned, we are concluding epistle 14 today of Yeris HaKodesh. And so here we go. So the altar Rebbe begins and he says that this is why we can understand the teaching where it says that the eyes of God are always upon the land of Israel. So right there, there's this teaching you may have heard of it before that the eyes of God are always on the land of Israel. Like the land of Israel has a special kind of protection to it. So what does that mean? Why specifically the eyes? So because the eyes is a, is a description of the drawing down of the light of Chochmah. Of, of wisdom so it's like you know sometimes you think about that you can look at somebody's eyes and you can kind of see their wisdom shining through their eyes so this is why this association with chokhmah and with eyes with wisdom and eyes can be seen in the fact that we call we actually call the chachamim we call the sages and neha the eyes of the congregation so this is um this is in the Gemara. It explains this from a, a pasuk in Bamidbar, chapter 15, verse 24. The Gemara in Tainis, page 24a, references these chachamim and explains that these chachamim, these sages, are called the eyes of the congregation, the Enea And we also know that there's another teaching that's also taught in the Gemara, which you may have heard before, very cool teaching. This is from Baba Basra, page 158b, that Avira de Eretz Yisrael machkim, that the, the air of the land of Israel makes a person smart. So there's something about like literally you can just like walk around Israel and the air can make a person smart. Maybe that's why, I don't know, but maybe that's why there's so many entrepreneurs in Israel, so many very smart uh, business people and tech people and stuff like that. Because literally, according to the Gemara, the air of Israel makes a person smart. But according now, we can understand this on a deeper level, that if we say that the eyes of God are upon the land of Israel, we know that there's association with eyes and with with uh, with wisdom, then we can understand why this might be true, that the, the land of Israel makes a person smart, the air in Israel. And this influence and this drawing down, even though it's continuous, even though it's like it's a continual thing. So, right, like we spoke about this in um, in, uh, in in earlier parts of the the Tanya, not only just in reference to Eretz Yisrael, but really to the entirety of the world, that Hashem is perpetually creating the world something from nothing. So when we talk about Hashem having this special attention upon the land of Israel, that's really just, it's it's there, um, it's, it's perpetual. It's not just like here and there kind of thing. And it's not just like only on Rosh Hashanah or something like that. Nevertheless, there is, it is different throughout the year. So every, what happens is that every year, there's a new supernal light that comes down. Because the light that it becomes renewed and is radiance on this Rosh Hashanah goes away, um, leaves on the next Rosh Hashanah that comes afterwards back to its source. So it's like, okay, so we actually have Rosh Hashanah is coming up not too far from now, right? So last Rosh Hashanah, we got this renewed light. And what's going to happen is it's going to be Erev Rosh Hashanah. And that new light that we had for this entirety of the year, like that's going to go back to its source. And then we're going to receive a new light and a higher light. And that is why it says, this is how we can understand this idea, that it's from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, so that it doesn't say um, that Hashem's eyes are upon the land of Israel forever and ever, but it specifies the beginning and the end, 
because there is this change from the beginning to the end, there is always this renewed light that ha- happens at the beginning of the year. And now we can see why on a deeper level, if the, if you look at the actual writing of this, the 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 spelling of a reshit, the beginning, interestingly in the Hebrew, you'll see that it's actually missing an aleph. Those of you that know Hebrew, so reshit usually has an aleph in it. It usually is spelled resh shin Aleph Yud Taf, but here it doesn't have an Aleph. Why? So the Altar says this is a hint at the removal of this light, that this light, this Aleph, withdraws from the world, withdraws on the eve of Rosh Hashanah until after the Tekios are sounded, until the shofar is sounded, when this new light comes down that was never there before. And uh, there was never some such a highlight that came down before and this becomes vested and becomes high and co- goes into hiding in the Eretz Haim, in the land of Israel which is like a reference to both the higher part of the land of Israel and to the lower land of Israel the the land of life the Eretz Haim. and then so what this new light does is this new light vitalizes all of the worlds throughout the entirety of that coming year However, as mentioned, if you were paying attention, it's hidden, this light. And so how do we reveal, how does it become revealed from out of hiddenness? This is dependent upon the actions of the lower realms and their merits and their, and their doing tshuva during the 10 days of tshuva. And this is enough for, suffice it for the understanding. So that's it, that's it for the section today. So just to recap again, so we address this idea that while, yes, truly, Hashem is constantly creating the world something for nothing all the time, and we're specifically talking about the land of Israel now, where Hashem is constantly, His eyes are upon the land of Israel, He's shining this radiance upon the land of Israel and all of that. Nevertheless, there is something special that happens on Rosh Hashanah. What happens on Rosh Hashanah? Uh, there's this renewed light that comes in. It's not the same light year after year after year and moment after moment after moment. It's actually on a collective level for the world. There's a new light and a much stronger intense light that, um, that comes down that never came down before, but it's not revealed. And in order to reveal it, we need, that's our job. We need to actually engage in tshuva. We need to be involved in good deeds, specifically during the 10 days of, of repentance that follow Rosh Hashanah. And then also to mention, there's this, this, so this happens on a collective level in Rosh Hashanah, but for an individual, it actually happens individually every single day that there's a new light when we daven. So hopefully this can bring a new, a little bit new excitement into your morning prayers, that when you're praying in the morning, this actually, you're drawing down a new light. It's like a fresh start. It really is a fresh start, not just like the same as yesterday, like a blank slate, but it's actually a renewed level that's higher than anything that has ever been before so that's it for today and tomorrow we will begin a new epistle and i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.